Welcome to the LDS Mental Health Podcast. This is a podcast for faithful women who want healing in their relationships, guidance from God, and internal peace. Each week, you'll hear mental health concepts taught through a spiritual lens from me, a licensed clinical mental health counselor, to help you start thinking in a higher and holier way. Welcome to this special bonus episode of Becoming a Divine Receiver. I have a special guest on here today, Emily Scott, and she's going to be discussing what to do when the primary answers aren't working. All right. I'd like to welcome Emily Scott to the podcast. Emily, welcome. Hi, thank you. Yeah. Emily, why don't you introduce yourself to the audience? Tell us a little bit about you, where you're from, your family. What do you find yourself doing during the day? Well, I'm um, 35. I live in the Coachella Valley, which is near Palm Springs, California. Um, And I've been here for about 20 years and I grew up in a neighboring city. So Southern California whole life. (laughs) Um, I have a husband and we have a dog. We haven't been able to have children, but my husband's a nurse. I work in the uh, Medicare industry and I work from home most days, which is nice. And when I'm not working, I'm usually writing or doing art. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Love it. Thank you. And so Emily has been a part of the Removing Roadblocks Revelation Group coaching program, learned those skills, and also is in the program that's after that to continue using the skills. And so I wanted to invite her on the podcast to talk about her experiences that she's had through the process of learning the skills that um, these mental health skills that are taught through a spiritual lens, you can understand how your mental health and spirituality combined can be a powerful experience. So let's kind of start off, Emily, by talking about what was life like before learning any of these skills? What challenges did you find yourself running into? What um, difficult thoughts were you having? having, What struggles? um, What was life like? Um, One of the things I I felt when it came to the gospel was I was just going through the motions. Mm -hmm. I was praying and reading my scriptures, you know, doing all the primary answers. I never really felt like a connection. It just, it felt more like a checklist to me. And I really struggled with um, this idea of revelation and feeling the spirit because I also have anxiety. And so I could just never tell I'd have what I thought was a prompting. And then after, you know, like the stove's on, the stove isn't on. It's like, well, was that just anxiety? Because yeah. I, that's something I'm scared of is fire. Yeah. Because if it was on, then it would have been a prompting. And so I just yeah. felt like I couldn't trust myself. Um, I struggled to know, do I ever feel the spirit? Then that's kind of where that spiral started going. Like maybe I never feel the spirit. Maybe it's only anxiety or mental health that I'm experiencing. Um at about six months right before um, I did removing roadblocks course, I got diagnosed with bipolar disorder, which um, answered a lot of questions I had, but it also created more questions and more doubt. Cause then I found myself wondering like, is this who I really am? Or is this just an episode? Yeah. And 
So then I'm like, kind of identity crisis, like, no, I don't know who I am at all now because (sighs) I can't tell the difference. And I can't tell if what I'm experiencing and what I'm doing, is it related to mental illness or is it because that's who I actually am? Yeah. And so I just felt really lost and confused. And I just, I felt like I was like, I believe in the church and I believe in the doctrine, but it just felt like maybe I'm just not going to get in this life and maybe I'm just never going to like really understand. And, um, so yeah, it really wasn't until that, um, removing roadblocks that, um, pieces started falling together and started really learning how to separate the difference between the natural man and, um, what do you call it? The divine self. And, and, um, that, that made a big difference. I love that. So prior to having that knowledge, it really felt like the earthly, you know, uh, trials or opposition that we go through just from having a fallen body, living in a fallen world and having that disconnect from God, had you having different thoughts about yourself and what did that mean about me? What does this mean about my future and creating a lot of stress and overwhelm for you? Yeah. Disconnect is a good word. Like I know he's there, but I just didn't feel a connection with him. Right. Yeah. I hear a lot of women say it like, well, I know it, it could happen for other people. Like I, I believe that for them, but for me, it just didn't feel that way. Yeah. Yeah. So once you kind of got into removing roadblocks to revelation and started learning some of these mental health skills taught through that spiritual lens, like you talked about with like learning about the natural man what did that open up for you? And and what did that change for you? That changed a lot. I feel like growing up, the natural man was always taught more as a, like sinful. It mm. just always seemed to be taught in like a sin capacity. And so then you, your brain starts telling you, oh, the natural man is bad. Yeah. And so going through your course and learning, like the natural man really isn't bad or good. It's neutral it just is what it is it's part of the plan yeah yeah and the part part of the plan thing helps a lot too to like recognize when I'm feeling impatient it's like it's because I have a body and a human brain yeah I'm impatient yes on this fallen world (laughs) yeah and Heavenly Father's not upset with me because I get impatient like obviously (laughs) he he gave me a body that gets impatient like yes okay (laughs) yes Um, and it's, um, I was a Relief Society teacher for, I think I got that calling right before taking the course oh. um, and had that calling for about nine months. And um, I used, started using that in my lessons a lot, like talking about the natural man. And I started seeing that connection in all the conference talks we'd have mm-hmm. and be able to point it out and be like, oh, you know, they're not using the term natural man, but that's totally what they're talking about. Yes. Here. Being able to use that in context with uh, sisters in our ward I could see the look on their faces, like kind of awareness was coming to them. Those light bulb moments. Yeah. And and so it was great to like take the conversation away from the natural man is somehow bad or is only sinful to this is reality and this Mm -hmm. is the goal. Yep. (laughs) And it is totally possible. It's totally possible to become like Heavenly Father and like Jesus Christ, even though right now we live in um, just mortal bodies. Yeah. I love that. So the awareness that you have a natural man and the awareness that it creates this opposition internally and that 
I'm not necessarily sinning because I start feeling that I'm in my natural man, right. And feeling that disconnect from God, that that's a natural phenomenon that happens. Right. And that's okay. Um, and then what did that feel like for you as you learned how to, in the, in the course, we call it putting the natural man to sleep, right? Cause we're not getting rid of the natural man's right. plan. Um, maybe walk the listeners through like some of the skills that were helpful in that or what it was like after you use the skills too. Um, it helped with, I think also naming it. Like I would start saying it out loud. Oh, this is a natural man. Yeah. This, this is a natural man. Um, and then learning about body tension helped me like be able to tell it, you know, if I started like my shoulders really tight and I was feeling something that's like, is this coming from the natural man then, or is it actually coming from the spirit? Cause, and it did, um, the tools and stuff helped me learn, like the spirit doesn't communicate by tightening all my muscles and my shoulder <laughs> and my neck, like making you feel discomfort. <laughs> yeah. It's like that, you know, and it feels kind of like a dub at the same time it wasn't because yeah. I I've been a member my whole life and learning about this and it never made sense to me that oh yeah of course this is the natural man responding I can feel it in my body um same with like racing thoughts recognizing when my thoughts are racing it's like yeah the spirit isn't going to like communicate to the, you that way either like yeah. it makes sense that this is the natural man right now. And so I think just like being able to call it out was really helpful to put it to sleep and yeah. to kind of recognize like, like, yeah, I'm just setting you aside right now. Um, yeah. yeah, I think those two were like kind of the biggest, that body tension and the racing thoughts um, and just starting to recognize it. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. So being able to recognize when you're in the natural man and what you even just calling it out and being aware of it helped you put it to sleep. And then Mm -hmm. once the natural man was asleep for you and you returned to what we call your divine self or your connected self, you're connected back to the spirit, to the savior, our heavenly parents and your divine spirit that you have inside of you from our heavenly parents. What did you find that you were better able to do or um, feel once you returned to that state? I was able to tell um, the difference between having, um, symptoms of mental illness versus like my yeah. real self. Yeah. Um, and that was helpful. It made it really easy for me to recognize, oh, I'm moving into a, like a depressive or a hypomanic, um, episode right now. Now I can take steps to try to balance myself out. Um, or just recognizing when I needed help, like I'm not someone who usually asks for help and it became a lot more comfortable to ask for help and to be able to tell people around me, like, I need this. I'm not able to do such and such right now. Um, in reaching out for help at church or reaching out to like my therapist, um, where I think before I always felt like, oh, I'm letting myself down by needing help, which yeah. again, is totally the natural man. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, totally. That doesn't. <laughs> yes. Cause ultimately we need help from the savior. of the time, right? So of course the natural man's going to tell us we don't need help. We should do this all by ourselves. (laughs) Um, And I definitely have started seeing like where my strengths are and it's okay that it doesn't match up with maybe like traditional strengths. And now I'm in the um, Relief Society presidency and I felt really inadequate when I first got in because I don't look anything like the presidents and president and counselors that I've seen. I don't feel like I fit in with 
my mother's generation and my grandmother's generation. And those are kind of the women that have always led me. Yeah. And so I'm thinking like, I can't do this. I can't, there's no way I'm not like this at all. And now I'm, I'm like, oh, that's a good thing. Yes. (laughs) That's actually a good thing. And I've had a couple sisters recently reach out to me and say, I'm so glad you got put in this calling because you're so comfortable to talk to. It's Mm. totally okay for me to tell you that I'm struggling with my ministering. Um, Someone told me the other day, we have a a woman on our ward, the bishop's wife, and she's so sweet, but she was like, I would never be able to tell the bishop's wife that I wasn't ministering. I'd be so ashamed. She's (laughs) like, but I can tell you that I'm not ministering and I don't feel that shame. And it really helped me see like the way I'm approaching things um, is the right call then, because if we're helping our sisters like that's really what my my job is now yeah do you feel like approaching this calling and recognizing like okay of course the natural man's going to tell me all these inadequacies about why I don't qualify for this calling did you find yourself using any of the skills to sort of put that away and just allow yourself to be what was needed for the calling yeah I started uh, meditating before prayer and writing down in our prayer journal what I wanted to pray about. There's just so many parts of the calling and I'm like, I don't want to forget anything. Um, And then I would journal again after. So like my prayers have become longer and I've just made the time in my schedule. I've talked to my husband about it where it's like, look, I need just like 20 minutes to do this so that I'm really giving, getting my, giving myself the opportunity to hear the spirit and pay attention to what, um, what I need to do or what sisters need. Um, and then again, body tension, there's been some conversations we've had in presidency meetings and I can feel now when my shoulders and my neck start, like, those are my two areas. And when they start clinching, I'm like, well, okay, something's not right here. Yeah. Um, and usually I'll make a note, like, I don't want to interrupt the other counselor and the president while we're having a meeting. So I usually just make a note. I, literally put body tension next to the notes I'm taking. And then later when I get home, I review those notes and I do the same thing. I kind of meditate for a little bit. And then I pray about why was I feeling tension in this moment? Mm-hmm. And what, what's another way to approach um, to approach the calling? So it's, it's not that like I'm not doing the calling. I just need to right. approach than what other people are doing. Yes. I love that. Because sometimes you kind of brought this up at the beginning too, is like, we think we have this like, mold of what we should be doing, what we should look like, what it should, um, how we should carry out the calling. Right. Mm -hmm. And when we kind of bump up to those shoulds and it's like, but I don't want to be that or do that, or I don't feel like I can do that. Then the natural man can really grab onto that and cause us to feel discomfort in that moment, physically or emotionally or mentally, and take us down a path away from where God wants us. Right. Like we know that we're put into specific callings for a reason, right? That there's something that God needs you to do with your unique talents and circumstances. And if I love what you're doing with like recognizing, okay, my thoughts are getting in the way of me receiving this revelation right now of what God wants me to do. I don't have to conform with what I think should be done. I need to really get that out of the way, use my skills here and get that out of the way and then get back in that alignment to receive what God wants me to receive in this moment so that I can show up for these sisters the way he wants me to show up. Yeah. And I've used the, um, what's the right term? The map that we do. Oh, yeah. 
yeah uh, the, the thought map and then depressors and fixers with um at almost we only have like presidency meetings once a month so like after every meeting pretty much I've been doing that yeah and that's really helped me sort out what do I actually need to do what do I actually need to worry about um and then what approach is right to accomplish these tasks I need to get done yeah yeah because we often want to take on everything ourselves right like okay now they suggested that now I have to do it all right and we don't ask for that help and recognizing let the spirit tell you like who needs to help me because there there might be an opportunity for them to do something that really benefits them right not maybe not about us doing everything but it can be really about them too and what they need to learn or or help with or blessings they need too yeah absolutely usually in a meeting if something came up i feel like oh i have to do that too and now it's easy to be like you can talk about it i don't need to take it on me <laughs> Yes. Yes. I love that. Oh, so good. So many good takeaways. What would you say um, to a sister who is listening to this podcast and they're like, I feel that same way as you, Emily, but I just don't know. I don't know if I could do the program. I don't know if it's for me or they're just feeling like, I just don't know if I can make those changes in my life. What would you say to a sister that's feeling that way? It makes me think of, um, I believe it's Sister Johnson's recent conference talk. She's talking about the backpack and how Mm. it's full of rocks and different things that go. Yeah. Um, And how many of us cling to the backpack, even though it's like impossible to climb the mountain with the backpack on. And Jesus is like right there saying like, I'll carry it for you. No, it's (laughs) okay. I got it. Like, seriously, (laughs) I'll carry it for you. Yeah. (laughs) I'm okay. Let me keep going. (laughs) Yeah. And so... We're not really helping. It's not like yeah. we're lightening Christ's load. We can't possibly do that <laughs> yes. by insisting we carry our own backpack. Oh, such a good point. Um, yes. And so I feel like that program is kind of that action of handing the backpack over, mm-hmm. letting him carry the load for a little bit. Um, and without all that weight, being able to really see where am I right now? you know, what direction am I going? What direction do I want to be going? Um, it's just so much more clarity. Yeah. Working through this program and being able to, um, talk with you and with other, um, sisters and working through like the different workbooks and the prompts and then turning around, like I said, I was, I was able to apply a lot of it through my calling when I was teaching. Um, you know, if you have children, turn around and teach them. Uh, teach a spouse, teach a friend. I know the um, church's self-reliance program. That's like one of the parts of it is when you get to the end of the week, you turn around and you teach what you learned. Yeah. And I think as we do that, as we kind of like, let's learn, let's put into practice, let's teach and then learn the next level. And all the while, like Christ carried that back. <laughs> yes. Help yeah. you do that all right. Yeah. That change really is possible. Yes. And even little changes, I feel like it feels now huge, but looking back, I'm like, I think it was just like little changes, mm-hmm. you know, just, oh, yeah. natural man. Oh, I'm, my children are tight. Oh, you know, just little tiny things were happening. But now when I look back a year later, I'm like, oh, this made a big difference to my life. Isn't that interesting how it can be simple things that make the biggest mm-hmm. difference, right? Like a lot mm-hmm. of times 
it's about we think well of course the natural man would tell us that right it has to be this big giant thing make all these changes right but oftentimes when we make a change in our life we look back and we're like no it was that one percent better each day i just did the little thing each day and through the program i try to really simplify it that way like the, here's the concept we're learning and this is the small and simple thing that i want you to do just just this week just focus on this small and simple task and kind of build from there so that it doesn't feel like you're eating the elephant all at once. Totally. And having that check-in helps. Otherwise it's just so easy to be like, I'll get to it. I'll get to it. I'll get to it. Yeah. It doesn't happen. Yeah. Um, right. <laughs> that accountability where we check in every week, right? We're learning the totally. skills. We're talking about them. And you're like, I'm going to meet with Nikki. What did I do? Yeah. It totally does yeah. help that way. Yeah. yeah. I was, um, I took piano lessons for a couple of years and having that like weekly lesson on Fridays, I practice way more than I do now because I don't have a teacher right now. Yes. And so sometimes I sit down and play. Sometimes I don't. I find myself saying like, oh, I really wish I'd learn a new song, but then I don't do any practice. Then I time. don't. <laughs> I was like, the only difference was having someone to be like, oh, you got to play for me on Friday. Yep. Yeah, I definitely better practice. Yes. Oh, so true. It, uh, it totally helps having that support system and having like a check-in. Yeah. 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 I think, you know, learning skills and having that that weekly check-in what was your thoughts on learning it in a group of other women like and learning from them yeah I love that because you you see it one way and then someone else has you know a different way they saw it or an experience that was slightly different and you go oh it works for that too that's awesome because I have a similar situation too I never thought of applying it that way um Kind of like being in a Relief Society lesson, right? Like right. this was a great conference talk, but now that 15 of us are talking about it, it's like, whoa, this is a really great conference talk. Yes. I didn't see that. I didn't see that. Yeah. yeah. But everyone can kind of make those points and you can learn from them. Yeah. And also feeling supported. You know, you're not the only one struggling. Mm-hmm. Like it helps. We don't, we don't raise our hands and say, I'm struggling at church. We, uh, my right. mom calls it church face. Yes. <laughs> We put on our best face. We put on our best clothes. We smile. Yeah. We we don't get vulnerable very often. And so it's really easy to think everyone else has totally got it together. Everyone else totally gets the gospel and has a great relationship yeah. with God. And there's something wrong with me. And so being able to sit um, even just virtually in a room with other women who are like, I don't, I don't understand this either. I don't know if I feel the spirit either. I don't. Yeah. I know God is real, but I just don't feel I have a relationship with him is really comforting to know that there's not something wrong with me. Yeah. And you're not alone in it, right? Like that there's so many other women that are feeling that same way. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I love it. Oh, thank you so much, Emily. This has been wonderful. I appreciate you being vulnerable and sharing all of your stories and helping women understand and relate with, you know, where they're at too, you know, and how they feel. So thank you so much. Oh, you're very welcome. Thanks for asking me to be on here. If you would like to learn any of the skills that were talked about on this episode, click the link in my show notes to join the wait list for my removing roadblocks to revelation group coaching program. I'm going to be opening it up in August. And if you want to be notified and not miss out, then join the wait list. Thank you for listening to the LDS Mental Health Podcast. I hope you were able to find ways of healing, guidance, and peace. If you liked this episode, please share it with a friend who would love to start thinking in a higher and holier way as well. 
or hit that follow button so you don't miss out on any episodes. Also, check out the links in my show notes for other episodes you might like and links for other mental health resources on my website.